Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Bad Religion Podcast, the Generator episode. I'm your host, Ike O'Kane. If you're new to the podcast, you can check out our website at vrpodcast.blogspot.com for back episodes and a subscription link. If you didn't get the episodes two and three until last week, I'm sorry about that. I forgot to update one of the feeds, so about half the people weren't getting the episodes. Hopefully it's more time to get in the future. Probably also because this episode is a bit late. Anyways, this episode features an interview with Piet, basis of the Bad Religion's generator. Also, we're doing some features on the Bad Religion generator album later in the show. We're going to start off this episode with a track release on the New World Order Split with Elm Chomsky, which has a good first golf war. The track is Fertile Crest, and it later appeared on Generator. Here goes. Once again, that was Fertile Crest. At this moment, which is here on the New World Order Play, basically reminded after George H. Kennedy, that's his attempt to invade Iraq. These two songs were the last songs which made promise to be lost before he left them to be totally out of the fallout of the prey. They were recently re released on the reenactment of the generator that was put out in 2004. Interesting. I don't think they've ever been put on this line. I suppose it's a result of the generator having so many good songs on it that they just got lost. Let's now move on to the first part of the interview. So, can you tell our audience a little about the history of Generator and why you guys decided to create a that So I did the 
What's your uh, favorite era of uh, Beverly? Yeah, favorite album? Oh, uh, favorite album. Okay, it's, not, it's, it's a lot better than my, it's a lot better than my, uh, German. No, it's, it's wonderful. Thank you. 
So if I were Greg, how do you guys sort of complain about how difficult it is to uh, understand some of the more complicated lyrics? And uh, since English is a clear first language, does it make you a lot of takes to do vocals against complex songs? Oh, I remember our faith that August night will be like a baby boom of the time to come. Twenty-first century digital boy. Twenty-first century it's just for any boy. Twenty-first century home. It's a power, 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 the party of you girls Expect to know my face is on the side It's a power of the now, the full of the now With all the content of the matter With the features of TV, the content's already The bomb was with by the big computer The lovely albums, the kids with no mouth And I'm with your inside yeah, then we'll get back to the message later in the podcast. Now, let's move on to a song that's sort of okay. For that, I need to use some hints. The actual lyrics of that song, God bless you, Mary Jane. It's great lyrics. God bless you, Jerry Hinton. You're good. <laughs> God bless you, Jerry, mental men that come in you's way. Remember Christ our Savior was born on his birthday. For save us all from Satan's hand when we did not stray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Good tidings of comfort and joy. Further ado, it's time for my short review of Gladi. My copy of Live and Gladi finally arrived at Amazon.com with two unsuccessful attempts to purchase it. This is detailed and targeted by me. I mean, we opened it up and specified the well designed package of this. The inside of this, especially, was very well done, meaning to buy my photos of the main point. Anyways, I put the disc in my DVD player to look through the special features and watch the Blu ray theater footage. The first footage shot in 1981. It's a very optic watch. Great enough to get Massacre's vocal style at this point, who resorted to a more semi scream style rather than the singing of the three songs that they did. Also, all of the band members look quite different as teenagers than they did even in their 20s, so that was surprising to see. Great even with a full head of hair. 
How did the band play both of three slaves and all of them? They had a talk with some weird guy who's running the show where he asks Greg what slaves is about. Greg gives a hilariously bewildering response of something like, I just read the words and don't think about the meaning. I don't know how true this is, but it's pretty funny to hear. Fred then goes on to comment about the name of the band, who's a bad religion for Zen anarchists. One interesting thing to note is that this is the only performance I know of with the other J playing drums. The other performance from 1983 is more standard bad religion fair. We play Only Gonna Die and Part 3, songs that would later be staples of the lineup. Greg seems to have got his singing style down more here, but not so much his fashion sense as he is adorning a hilarious looking leather jacket. After the brief trip to the special features department, I moved on to the real continent, the Gladium gig. The band plays about 30 songs over the course of an hour and a half, with interviews spliced between. The songs sound great, but the background vocals in particular are so good that it really seems like they were heavily engineered to sound better. Of course, with Brett being there, they are bound to sound a little better, but these were entirely spot on, something I've never heard in a bad religion concert. But it's not like that's a bad thing, as it really adds to the quality of the disc. The actual song selections would be good, and they do a few songs for most of their records. The exception to this is No Substance in New America, which are completely absent from this. The two albums get a lot of flack from some fans and even the band members themselves, who write the most of them as the dark age of that movement. But there really are a few good songs from these albums that belong to the disc, like In So Many Ways and Shades of Truth and Don't Tell the Short. Cross's belief is also only lightly represented, especially compared to what they played on the rest of the Empire Strikes Wrestling tour. Fan favorites like Epiphany and the Defense were conspicuously absent from the disc. Of course, if they played all the songs that the fans wanted them to hear, it would have to be a six-disc set recorded over two weeks and would probably not be released for another 20 years. The highlight of the live show, as expected, came from graphics American Legion tradition of Cease. You'll just have to see it for yourself if you haven't done something for to experience how great that rendition is. The show ends with Sorrow, which to me is a better pre-encore closer than a set closer, but it still goes over pretty well. The only real problem with the musical segments of this is that even with all the camera angles and post-production work, a lot of this stuff doesn't sync up with the music. This is mainly due to the fact that they recorded it over two times, but I still think that they could have done a better job in this department. Also, the editor seems to have a bit of ADD, as he can never stick on one shot for more than a few seconds. After a few songs, however, you don't really notice Interspersed within the concert footage are some great interviews with all of the current members of the band. Greg is by far the funniest of the band members, delivering some great one-liners. I wonder if he hired writers on the since the humor is not better than Greg's usual semi-lame separate jokes. Anyways, there's not a whole lot to be learned from these interviews from hardcore fans in the band, but a few details are slipped in. A more complete picture of how the band met than anything I've read is presented, and there are genuinely interesting moments talking about the switch to Atlantic and the rest of the project of the band. All in all, the DVD is just about all one can expect from a live Bad Religion DVD. I would have preferred a little more variation for set lists and some more extra features, but I'm content with the hour and a half of asking for my songs. One final thing that I have a question about, though, is who the hell is that guy with the black goatee and the huge beard piercing things? He must have been shown singing along to the songs 15 different times in the performance. Is he a friend of the band? Is he an old roadie? If anyone has any information on this, contact me immediately at vrpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, anyway, let's move on to another live version of the song of Generator. It's one being two babies in the dark, the song that Brett wrote about his sister being a Oh, yeah. 
in the news the last two weeks or so. There's been a lot of blood in the fighting news these past few weeks, and because the album came out on Tuesday. First off, bad news for any battle that you ran from the United Kingdom. It seems that the DP is possibly being delayed until April 3rd there, plus a month after it comes out in the US and other parts of Europe. However, there are still several online retailers selling the DVD to UK residents, and I'll post a link to these retailers on the site. But I guess this is further evidence that the band really does beat England. I guess all fantastic images wasn't enough retribution. Another DVD news, a lot of the Palladium plays being played on VH1 Classic, a digital cable channel that some of you may get this past week. I don't have the channel here at college, but I hear that they played the entire DVD, and then the Los Angeles is burning and shrieking fiction videos. Pretty cool that the entire DVD is being played on a cable channel, albeit a relatively low market one. Bad Religion also held a DVD screening event in Los Angeles this week, I saw a few short clips from the event, but if you have to get anything really substantial, if you happen to go to it, it would be great if you send an email to me with your comments. Start your emails towards vrpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, finally, the band announced some new shows this week. They're playing at the Toyota Grand Prix on April 7th, which is one of the most unusual venues I've heard them playing at. According to the Toyota Grand Prix's website, the show will be free to all ticket holders of the race, and there will also be a complimentary beauty pageant. The band will also be playing a few shows in Japan, so good news for fans from that country. Well, that's it for this week's news. Let's move on to the next song, a live version of Too Much to Ask. Oh yeah, does anyone else think that the introduction to this song sounds a lot like the Kids in the Hall theme song from the early 90s Canadian sketch show? I'll play a clip from that theme song for you to compare. I'm gonna 
Considering all the songs of the roughly 220 number of songs catalogued spent love for most people for so many years. However, some of my favorites I can easily drag out and highlight simply songs like The Way For Me or Both Change and Fiction, Songs I'm Short of the New America, and perhaps The Answer of the Generator. Sadly, this seems to be the library of bad religion songs when only mentioning three or just one out of over 200 songs, but I have to go with the answer on this one. The reason I'll stick with the answer is just for the simple reason that this is the subject of the question. Who is the people are fundamentally asking? What is the answer to our existence? And basically, what is the answer to everything? A lot of other valuation songs touch upon this theme as well, but not with such an emotional display in the lyrical parts, not to mention the oozy in the end, adding to the beautiful nature of this song. For the closing arguments, other songs like the aforementioned Don't Sell Me Short and Array For Me also holds a special value in my consideration, for personal reasons. And I believe many fans feel the same way about some bad version song or another. This is Adrian, thanks for listening. Thanks for the comments, guys. The topic of the next section is 
Who's your favorite song? Do you think you like songs or different songs? Do you enjoy the opening? Or then Jay Bentley's favorite songs? Speak comments to VRPodcast.com or post up on your website, VRPodcast.com. Let's move on to the next section of the show. This week's group of groups. This is to be by the Supreme Court. It's very said that the song is a metaphor for God, comparing God and religion to the constant home of the third history, and you only realize how valuable it is when you turn it on. Physical concept of the generator that read refers to God's unmoving light beginning of Genesis, essentially creating a generator that powered the light of the world. More generally, the generator probably refers to nature. There are many instances of religious imagery in the song, visibly the blood on my door, which refers to the teaching of the Joshua Robson and Defining Bad Religion offers what I found to be the best interpretation of the song. It almost looks like songwriter Gerwitz is trying to understand why this force is in place, why we cannot see one thing. We can see the paper blowing in the wind, but we cannot see the force moving it. We can hear the turbine and darkness creating energy, and we know it is creating energy, but we cannot see it. Gerwitz is asking us, why is the nice, laughing man considered to be ugly? Why is the hummingbird silent? And what is the meaning of these forces? Sadly, none of the answers, nor are we to endeavor. Later in the show, I'll play a festival version of Generator, but for now, let's move into the not so bad religion banter section of the show. This week, we have an exciting conclusion to the Cheat Sheets banner from two weeks ago. Thank you, thank you very much. After consulting with my colleagues, I now I have to make a formal apology. First of all, we want to say we are very, very sorry. To our friends from Stockholm who had to drive so far. We're sorry about that. We're also sorry that I might have made a derogatory statement. I didn't mean to, but I might have made an insulting statement to the people I'm about. Let's all win. We are sorry. We respect you. I am sorry. Let us make them feel welcome. Alright. That's what 
You see, it just doesn't repair the damage. Jump off. What does that say? Why? Okay, now let's get back into the second promo. Yeah, Jen. Are there any songs you can pick up that are really hard to do? Don't tell me about the answer, cause then I'm not the one we're coming along to. I don't believe you have the answer, I've got ideas too. But if you've got enough naivety, and you got conviction, then the answer is perfect for you. It's not very important. It's just 
guess. <laughs> it was, it was basically what, what, what your stance on First, the two outro songs this week is a personal version of 
similar to the version of Tessie Kills with the Legato. This particular version comes from the Marathon Mall Show in San Francisco in 1995. The final song this week is a live song on the generator, Only Entertainment. Appropriately, this song comes from the bootleg and Only Entertainment. Finally, you've probably noticed that the last two episodes have been good episodes. I think I'm going to be continuing to try to make a foreseeable future with some of these new productions. If you have any ideas for future game shows, feel free to email me at vrpodcast.gmail.com and we'll consider them. See you guys later. Number one saddest thing, and the number one saddest thing, so But it's a little happier because you're all sadly. Like a rock. Like a planner, like a fucking apple, I remain unperturbed by the joy of my friends, and I know everywhere I turn, I've seen it all along. It looks like a cozy, like a twisted paradise, like a blind fantasy. There's a flower in the window Dancing on the rocking mat Like a heart and Like a flower in my door It's the Jedi